Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hello, everybody. This is a little bit different, right, Todd? It is is great. Usually it's you by yourself, but um, I'm Kristen Paborski and I work with Todd and I am excited today to be interviewing Todd on the Let's Talk About Love, Sex and Infidelity podcast. Todd, for your, just for those of you who don't know, is a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed clinical social worker with 35 plus years of experience helping couples and individuals heal themselves from crises such as trauma and infidelity. You also help clients, couples rekindle passion and aliveness in their marriage. Todd is a firm believer in combining his healing modalities into his practice. He incorporates EMDR, which is emotional focused therapy. And no, that's, no, I, EMDR is eye movement desensitization. I, oh, I, 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 I don't expect you to have this all memorized. <laughs> I, it's my job. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And then there's the other E. Yes. Emotional okay. focus therapy. Go right. on. Okay. Sorry. That's EMDR <laughs> and meditation to yes, help promote optimal healing and living for his patients. Right. Yes. So Todd himself has been practicing meditation for 40 plus years. Is that right? And yeah, I started first- when I was three. Yes. <laughs> And he's personally experienced how it has positively impacted his personal relationships and your health. Today, we're going to talk specifically about meditation as we are just getting ready to launch his newest program, Meditation for Couples Monthly Membership. And we're focusing on the benefits of meditation and how it gives you the freedom to drop your agenda and be able to listen from a deeper place. Okay. So Todd, the first question we want to talk about first is really agendas. Like what are some of the typical kinds of agendas that people have in their relationships and how does that impact them in their communication and relationship dynamics? Well, that's a good question. And I actually, this is a big question. I think that the problem is that we're all walking agendas. We, we have agendas all the time. And that's okay. I mean, that's what human beings do. We have agendas. We get up in the morning. We have an agenda to eat breakfast. We have an agenda to to get get started with work. Maybe you have an agenda to go exercise, and that's good. The problem with couples is that they always have agendas in terms of communication. Sometimes, so if my wife says to me, "I'm really angry at you," um, if I always have an agenda, it's it's always about me. I never drop the agenda and give her a chance to like be center stage. And so it takes away from my capacity to see her, to empathize with her. And I think the biggest problem that every couple has in communication is that they never drop their agenda. It's normal to have one, but we have to consciously drop it if we're going to communicate. And I've been talking about this with couples for decades. So it, it is, so for example, a typical agenda I might have is to defend myself. It's not always conscious agendas. They're oftentimes very unconscious, but there's still an agenda. Mm-hmm. 
I have an agenda to defend myself. I have an agenda to prove to you that you shouldn't be angry at me. Just to use that example, I have an agenda that you're wrong. I'm right. Um, you know, or or I could be an. I have an agenda to uh, reduce my tension at your expense, maybe by raising my voice. There's all kinds of agendas people have. That could be the agenda to protect myself, so I'm going to shut down and close and push you away. And all those agendas are destructive. So we actually need to drop our agenda, at least temporarily, so that we go, oh, so tell me about you. You're angry at me. Okay, I'm focused on you. Now, I'm not saying that maybe, but that's the way my mind's going. Yeah. Even though you could say it, okay, I'm focused on you. Yeah, yeah. tell me more about that. And that's very important. It's a really important thing. It's the only way couples can thrive and go deeper if they learn how to drop their agenda. Okay. So do you think that that, I guess what I hear you saying is like, it gets in the way because you're thinking about your agenda and you're not really listening to what they're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And the other person feels it. You mm -hmm. know it. You've not, we've all known, we've experienced when the other person is not really receptive to us. They're, they're, they're thinking about what they're thinking when you're talking even. Yeah. And you can and tell, right? Yeah. When someone's doing that. Yeah, sure. exactly. So, um, Okay, great. Well, and then we're going to dive in deeper how meditation really helps that. But let's, I have a question now. It's like, when you use, why do you use the words freedom of dropping your agenda? I mean, how does, how does meditation help that? Yes. And why is it important? Because, you know, I'm sure people want to know, like, we're talking about this and how does it relate to meditation? Yeah, one of the meditations I'm doing in my program, I titled it that, that's, you know, the freedom of dropping your agenda. And there is a freedom uh, when you could just be receptive. It, you know, when my wife and I, people know that we hike a lot and, you know, the agenda, I guess, is to climb that hill, climb that mountain. But there's a point where you have to just drop it and just notice the flowers and the smells uh, and the views. And there's really no agenda. You're just totally taking in the view and it's very freeing. It's liberating. You're not, you're in the moment fully. You're not trying to change anything. You know, we all have this burden, self-imposed, you know, of changing things, especially in Western society. We have to make things different. We got to change things all the time. And there's nothing wrong with changing things, but we need to oftentimes stop trying to change things. And there's, it's liberating. It's freeing to just be and to notice the other person. And what they're saying, just like noticing the flowers and the smells on a hike. It is, yeah. it is, it's like get, taking the burden off of trying to control things, make things happen, push my agenda. It is truly liberating and very peaceful. Okay, great. Do you have like a specific, cause I'm sure that I, your listeners want to know, you know, do you have like a specific example how you've been able, you know, I mean, maybe not with meditation, but like a couple that came in that had all these agendas and they weren't listening to each other. And how does that change a relationship sure. when you can drop your agenda? Well, I have thousands of examples because I've done it thousands of times. I, I mean, uh, there's an exercise I, I use called playing catch where the people literally learn how to take turns, right? One person throws the ball, the other person catches. You don't throw the ball at the same time at each other. That's not playing catch. That's a different game. So we need to learn how to do that. So I have couples coming in and they're disconnected or they're bickering or they're just separated from each other emotionally, sometimes even physically. And what we do is we 
they they you know i've had couples where one says i'm angry and i'm training the other person how to give themselves permission to drop their agenda don't try to change your partner's angry or hurt or sad or whatever and just focus and practice seeing the other person you know i see you wow you know it's like dropping my self-protective devices dropping my defense just stopping stopping just stopping to protect myself and i see so the person finally i and i understand it's hard but there's a part of the things that something bad's going to happen if they don't you know put their arms down their shield down but they try it and they go oh you like me even more now that i didn't defend myself as a matter of fact you were just angry at me i dropped my shield and now you're not you're actually okay with me now that's what they start to experience it so it becomes motivating to keep doing that over and over again and suddenly you could see a couple that was angry one minute and then the next minute or two they're, they're starting to feel closer or one person's crying because they feel safer with the other person because you've actually allowed me to just have a feeling wow yeah that's powerful so what's the correlation between that kind of you know dropping the agenda and and uh meditation like how does like if you know, how does that meditation really help with that ability to be able to feel comfortable with dropping your agenda? The part of us that meditates is the part of us that has no agenda. Um, that That's the part of us that's always there. And what I say when I teach meditation throughout this meditation for couples program, I'll say that too. We're not trying to find something that's that we have to develop. We have to just access something that's already there. Mm -hmm. So when pr people practice meditating, they are practicing dropping their agenda. They get better at it. You ask, it's a skill to learn how to drop their agenda. Just like it's a skill to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's noticing and appreciating. So meditation, the very act of meditation trains people how to drop their agenda. And of course, in this particular meditation that I'll do, it'll be absolutely laser focused on how to help people access the part of them that has no agenda already. And that sounds weird to people. But it's kind of good news that we don't have to create anything. We got to just, in a way, let go of things to discover, oh, I, I have that already. I already have that part of me that can be receptive when I drop away all this protection and doing and thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I know I have a, a personal story cause I meditate as well. And um, a few years back I was having all these issues with my son and I was just started meditating and it was like all the stuff and I must've dropped my agenda, but all this, it was kind of like all of a sudden the stuff that he was saying to me, it didn't bother me like before I could really hear him and not get triggered by him. That's, that's it. That's and exactly that shifted it. the relationship right there. Yeah. So that yeah. could be, it could be, you know, a partner of 25 years. It could be your, you know, 18 year old kid. It could be your boss. It could be anybody, right? Yeah. It's like meditation trains you that sure. There's times we need an agenda, but not all the time. Yeah. And there are times it's better served to drop it and you're not as triggered because you're not trying to do anything at the moment. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, I just want to take a you know moment here in between the questions because we've been talking about Todd's newest program, the Meditation for Couples monthly membership, and I want to just give you all a little uh, information about that if you're wondering. So this is his newest program. We're just getting ready to launch it. That's why we're here talking about this subject, which is one of the first topics in his uh, monthly meditation program, but. Todd, I want to just share like why he designed this program. And it's really about helping you and your partner to be more, more open to more closeness and depth, decreasing reactivity, as we were talking about a minute ago, and developing more relationship and harmony and love, right? And it's really not, as Todd has said about meditation, about changing you, but becoming more of who you are and giving you the access to parts of you that are capable of more intimacy, more vulnerability, less reactivity, and more love, right? And inside this wonderful program, here's kind of like a snapshot of what you're going to get. He has a new theme every single month that's handpicked along with, he gives you a guide and two meditations so that you can remove any blocks to having the relationship you want with your partner. And then for those of you who are new to meditation or have struggled with meditation, Todd has a special bonus included where he teaches you these special meditation relaxation exercises that will help you overcome the common obstacles that prevent most of us from being able to stop your mind from wandering and be able to really drop in to your meditation. And not only that, I love this part too. You've um, included these live mini retreats where you gather as a community uh, to meditate together and get your questions answered by Todd. So um, you can learn more and enroll in this program at a very low introductory price that we have got going for just a short time as we're launching this for the first time. And we've got the link right below in the show notes. So Todd, is there anything you want to share in addition to what yeah. I said about this program? Yeah. So uh, this is a program that some couples will find their partner doesn't want to meditate through the program. Yeah. Yeah, um, it still works. As a matter of fact, I've, I've created it for whether one of you or both of you do it. Now, if one of you does it, it will affect the other person quite significantly. That doesn't mean they'll end up doing the program, but it might. Mm-hmm. But in the practice guide, for those that are doing it, there is a, going to also be every month, based on the theme of that month, a special meditation that the couple does together. The two uh, auditory uh, meditations are going to be done alone, even though it has to do with being part of a couple. And if you're single, this will help as well, because it, it gets you ready to be in your next and best relationship coming up. Uh, but if you're in a relationship where one of you are doing it, it'll be fine. If both of you, you're going to have also that additional special meditation where the two of you actually do together. Right. Right. And I think you also have a personal story too, where you started out meditating and your partner, your wife, Sherry saw these changes and said, Hey, I want to do that. Right. It's true. It's true. I, I definitely was doing it first. Uh, now we both do it. We hardly miss a day. Um, and it's, I mean, if she were, 
in this room right now, she'd say it's the best thing she's done for herself and for her as, as, as a partner. And it's the best thing she's ever done for me. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I would have to agree. My husband yeah. and I, we, we meditate together and it's shifted everything, you know, and, yeah. and yeah, so that's great. Well, let's tie back into the questions. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit more on this theme of listening. And specifically the question is what do people normally do when they think they're listening to their partner? They hear, they're hearing things. I mean, we have ears and we hear things, but uh, like we were talking about before is the person's already thinking about how they want to defend themselves typically. And, and defense comes in many different faces. Sometimes it's yelling. Sometimes it's justifying. Sometimes it's being quiet, but what it's not is acknowledging and tuning in to the other person. Listening is when the other person gets the experience that, wow, you're really taking in what I'm saying. That doesn't mean you agree with what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but you're taking in what I'm saying. So uh, there is a certain big difference between deep listening and pseudo or superficial listening when you're just hearing the words, but you're really not dropping your agenda. So it, oh. all, it all comes together. It all relates. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I'm sure it does. So let's talk a little bit more about this deep listening and how meditation can help and why is it important? There is, you know, I, I, as a, I'm a professor too, uh, at USC teaching grad students and you know, one of the things I teach them is that the most important things mothers and fathers can do for their children is to give the children the experience, you know, and even infants, that their experience is valid and real. That's what actually, in a nutshell, what makes people healthy. The more a child or baby, newborn experiences, adolescent experiences, the parent uh, validates your experience and makes it you feel like what you're experiencing matters and is real the healthier you are, mm -hmm. uh, the less you feel that way, the more therapy you'll need. <laughs> so it's basically that simple. So that's really um, what health is about. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's no different what we need to do for each other. Um, it, as a couple, we need to be deeply listened to. That is the most important aspect, I think, of relationships there is. There's nothing more important. I'm all for being romantic. It's great. I talk a lot about sexual issues. That's great. Planning vacations is great. Being, you know, running a good household is great. But there's nothing more important than listening well, which means deep listening, which means I drop my agendas for a little while anyway, mm -hmm. so that you get the experience that I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm making your experience feel real, like what. You're angry at me. And even though part of me thinks, wow, you're thinking wrong about it. Why are you angry at me? I drop it. It's not my turn. And I'm able to deeply listen and go, oh, wow, you really are angry. This really caused you pain. Wow. Okay. Tell me about it. Now that's something we need to do. And most of us did not see it growing up. We didn't see parents that did this. Nope. So listening is not most of our strong suits. So, but it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. We need to evolve beyond our parents and deeply listen. 
Yeah. So, and how, well, so how does meditation make you a better listener? I mean, right, right. Well, I mean, meditation uh, relates to what I said before. It gives you time where you're just sitting still and ah. dropping into an engine, dropping your agenda. And so you're sitting still. And so you learn how to sit still and you are learn there's a word I lot time a lot of times use is the word allow we allow life to be as it is in that moment it doesn't mean that when we get out of meditation we don't do something about it but while we're meditating there's really nothing to do you just allow yep well that practice and of course in in the meditations that I do I also at some point, bring in the partner and help you practice and experiencing allowing before it even happens, before you actually have a real communication with your partner. So you get a taste of what it feels like to allow things to be as they are, to allow your partner to have a feeling or a desire that they have without trying to change it. And so the meditation puts us in a position of learning to listen. Also, meditation is, is about listening to ourselves. It's slowing down. One of the biggest blocks to intimacy is when we're not intimate with ourselves, and like we don't know ourselves very well because mm -hmm. we're all busy all the time, getting distracted by all our to-do lists and everything. So meditation, you know, sometimes when I'm meditating, things come up. You know, it's like it doesn't mean that my mind totally stops. Meditation is about learning how to go beyond your mind, but that doesn't mean that you stop thinking, but you, you know, when, when I'm meditating, sometimes things come up that I might not have experienced before I was too busy being distracted. So I'm, I'm deeply listening to myself. So what that does is it teaches me what it's like to deeply listen to me, which translates to make it easy to deeply listen to my partner. Also, sometimes it becomes like with you, with your son, as you described before, you, you kind of know, oh, no wonder I don't listen. That's what came up. And so you have this awareness you didn't before, and it mm -hmm. doesn't run you. So you are, you get that out of the way. So now I could deeply listen into my wife. Okay. Because it's not running me. So, so what about people though, that are maybe afraid to listen to their partner? I mean, just meditation, I just, that's kind of a question that came up in my mind because, you know, a lot of people have, you know, when it gets, it gets uncomfortable sometimes, right? That deep listening, especially if somebody's mad at you right. and, you know, then there's all that fear of, you know, and no, a lot of us don't want to deal with confrontation or uncomfortable feelings. And, you know, some of that needs to be listened to at times. So, how, I mean, I'm just curious, you know, how yeah. does meditation, does it make you braver or does it, you know, yes. what does it do? It actually does. You know, one of the things that probably we won't talk about much here, but I've talked yeah. about it in other places that meditation changes our brain. Yes. Uh, it does change our little, literally our neurobiology. And it actually can decrease the arousal of the amygdala, which is the alarmed part of the brain that goes, oh my God, right? So it right. does quiet it down. That's one thing. It also can um, improve uh, the parts of the brain that can be naturally soothing. It, 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 uh, it increases the neurons there, and it also improves the connection in different parts of the brain. So what happens is we, we just, meditation isn't, oh, you know, we meditate and then 
you just might discover, wow, I wasn't as triggered, just like you, you know, it's not yeah. like you're consciously white knuckling it, always trying not to be reactive. You know, it's like, I'm just not as reactive. And part of it is because the meditation is affecting the brain. The brain has neuroplasticity, it changes according to what we pay attention to. So meditation changes the brain because we're paying attention to all this wonderful stuff, the part of us that doesn't react, the loving parts of ourselves, the part of ourselves that could just be. So um, what happens is we're not as triggered by this, this partner that and, and the other thing is that we oftentimes realize that what we're afraid when we're afraid of what our partner is going to say, what are we really afraid of? And of course, I talk about this in another month coming up soon. Mm-hmm. But we're, what are we really? Afraid? We're really afraid of our own inner critic. It's it's not so much that I'm afraid of you, but when you are mad at me, there's a voice inside me that says I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And the meditation really will help with that. And again, I think it's the second month of of this program that I specifically deal with that. I think so. Um, but so we we start to realize that the the only person that I should really be concerned about how I think of is myself. Yeah. And meditation helps me. So if I feel more kind and accepting of me and my inner critic isn't running the show, I won't be as afraid of my wife being angry at me. Yeah. There's no way because I'm not really afraid of her anger. It only seems that way. I'm really afraid of my own anger towards myself. Yeah. That my partner's triggering. And we get this as we're meditating oftentimes as, as we practice. I totally agree with that because, and I just want to kind of like describe, because I'm, this is bringing back the feeling of like, when I realized that this is what it was doing, it was like, I felt like I was in a tunnel, like in that moment of what normally would have triggered me was I'm in a tunnel and the stuff that was coming at me and, you know, I still get it because he's home and he's 22 and he's living at home and there's all that going on, but it just doesn't touch me. It's like, I felt I like was in this for once I was in this non-reactive tunnel and things just didn't touch me. And I was able to like, see things from a bird's eye view. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You're not caught up in it. It doesn't even mean you're not experiencing some elements of it, but you're just not caught up in it. And The meditation has helped bring that kind of created a space for you there. Yep. So, well, let's like wrap this up with one, I think, last question, because I know we've talked about this and I know this and you're going to, I'm going to throw this at you because it's not on our list of questions, but I think. Oh, you're going to surprise me. Okay. (laughs) Because we're talking about, you know, people that, you know, have done um, therapy and, um, you do bring in meditation and you suggest that. So how can you just like tell people really quick, how does, how do you feel like meditation complements traditional therapy? Cause there might be people out here that are in therapy and like, Oh, should I go to, you know, continue my therapy and do this? So and I know you have clients that want are going to be in your program too. So how does something like this complement traditional yeah. therapy? It, it, it totally complements it. It doesn't have to substitute it. Uh, I, I think that uh, I don't think meditation solves all problems. I do think that there is people that let's say had had some trauma 
in their lives. When I do things like eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and teach people how to get more in touch with what's going on, uh, that oftentimes they need that. They, they really need that. But meditation uh, is, is, a, is, is good whether you're in therapy or not, because it helps you access, it, it builds, it, it, I keep thinking of the word freedom. It just gives us the freedom to, to access the parts of us that know we're okay. Mm-hmm. It gives us the freedom to access the part of us that knows we're worthy. Um, and that helps us in our mental health, mm-hmm. it helps us in our physical health, and it helps us in our relationships. So, yeah, I think more and more I tell thera- uh, my clients to meditate. If they don't, it doesn't mean they don't get help. But the meditation really does, um, it makes things, it accelerates things. It just accelerates the, the, uh, the results. And here's one more thing that I think meditation does. I meditate 30 minutes a day, mm-hmm. pretty much. You know, I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty close to it, actually. And it's not that I'm so great. I like it. I look forward to it. It's sending a message to me that I matter enough to stop that I'm not just a robot that does things. And I think we are wired to be that, right? I mean, before we had devices that we're on right now and lights, light, you know, people, people's lives had slowed down. Yep. And I think that if, if my clients don't slow down, I don't care what kind of therapy I give them, it's not gonna really help a whole lot. So there is an aspect of slowing down that's crucial. Uh, I, I use the phrase slowing down a lot slowing down to do your 10 minutes a day communication, slowing down, you know, I just use the word slowing. You know, meditation is a natural slowdown. Mm-hmm. And when we slow down and we stop, when we go again or speed up, we're way more creative, way more effective. And so everything we're doing in therapy, there's just a better chance of them accomplishing it because they have learned how to slow down and meditate. Yeah. And it's just a perfect way to, to, self-care easy easy way to do it yeah yeah so that's great well is there before we wrap this up todd is there anything else that you want to share on the topic today Um, yeah i i mean this is such an easy thing for me to do because it's so great to do things that i'm personally passionate about Mm -hmm. i've seen meditation help people very close to me like myself like my wife and others you and uh, many other people, but I have seen it with with clients. I have turned on, friends on to meditation. They go, "Oh my God, thank you so much for doing tell me about it." Um, uh, it's it, it's almost like spreading like a wildfire, and it's a good fire. It's a good mm-hmm. kind of wildfire. So uh, I I'm passionate about it. I, I would hope people sign up for my meditation for couples program. Um, if they're in a relationship or they ever want to be in one, I think it's going to be really helpful. Yeah. And uh, I'm very excited about it. I, yeah. think, uh, I think it's going to do a lot of good. Yeah. Oh, I know it is. I mean, it's funny because um, we we were all set to do something else. And this was this is your passion project. This yes. meditation for couples yes, monthly membership true. is really your passion project. We have other things that we know that our audience, your audience is really interested in, but this has been something in the midst of one of your busiest years with your practice, teaching, all of that. You found time to build this program oh, and yeah. 
It yeah. lights you up every time you talk about it. So I just want to remind everybody, you can learn more about Todd's meditation for couples and singles, right? Program. It, the link is down below in the show notes. And again, we've got a special introductory offer. I don't know how long we're going to keep this running. So you might want to go check it out as soon as you hear this podcast. And um, I guess that's it for today. Yes. Yes. Great talking. Good talking to you, Todd. I'm looking forward to doing this again. We will. Take care. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.